It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, December 20th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that kind of feels like the Flyers are an episode of Days of Our Lives right now. Yeah, I like that. Like sand through the hourglass. Yes, exactly. We're going to get into the Kevin Hayes drama, the Cam Atkinson update, plus a Phantoms update all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We're going to have a mailbag on tomorrow's show, so uh, get us your questions. Uh, We are going to talk about all of the drama as well as preview tonight's matchup against Columbus, who has some drama of their own continuing. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, uh, we talked a little bit on yesterday's show about Cam Atkinson. Mm -hmm. And the update there that his season could potentially be over. Well, we got official word yesterday that that is indeed the case. He is having season ending surgery tomorrow, according to the Flyers, and that it's something related to his arm. There's nerve damage there um, that it's a neck. Yeah. Neck, arm. Neck area. It is connected. Yeah. Because I have a neck issue and it will bother other things in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So Torts said that, you know, Cam had really tried to come back without surgery and would get up to a certain point and then plateau and not be able to take that final step to be game ready. And so, man, I'm so upset on his behalf. I'm upset on his behalf. I'm not shocked. Obviously, I, I felt like this for a while. And started voicing it a few days ago that he's not coming back. Uh, this just put it to paper, but again, uh, just the flyers in this whole situation late to tell, you know, anybody about the IR, it was cap friendly that did it late to tell us about he's out for the year. Uh, you know, these kinds of things fans want to know and fans of other teams do find out about their players and they find out quicker for whatever reason. But getting it back to the team part, listen, he's not been a part of this team all year. So you can't say that this team is missing Cam Atkinson in a way because we don't know. You don't know what Cam Atkinson is going to be, and now you definitely don't know what he's going to be after next surgery, you have to hope. So that's just something we don't even know how it's going to be. Yeah, and it's even more uh, upsetting, I think, and sad, frankly, because if you look at that, Jake Voracek, Cam Atkinson trade. Now, oh, like yeah. both players have, you know, potentially career threatening injuries. And, you know, yes. Jake's had that c- concussion history and is out indefinitely. And it's just heartbreaking for both of them. 
It is. It's tough for both. You know, nobody's going to say they won that trade. Uh, and in the end, it's a shame that if it is going to end this way, that both of them left those other franchises. Cause I think if those teams knew that they would have just let them play out the string with their, with their own team, you know? So that's the other part of it, but that's life. That's the way it goes. Both teams were hoping one needed a scorer, one needed a, you know, an assist guy. They did get that for a season and you know, that's it. We don't know the rest. Yeah. As far as the other injuries, uh, Chuck Fletcher gave an update that Bobby Brink was going to see a doctor on December 22nd and could be fully cleared then. We know he's been skating with the Phantoms at practice intermittently. So again, to be determined, don't want to count anything until we know for sure. But that seems like a good sign for him, at least. And it'll be good to have him in Lehigh Valley on that team. uh, Let him stay in Lehigh Valley the rest Mm -hmm. of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Sean Couturier is expected to begin skating soon as on track, according to Chuck Fletcher. I can see this in your eyes. I can see it. (laughs) But, uh, you know, according to them, a late February, early March return, which at some point is like, why bother? But I, I think that, you know, let him heal fully and 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 not rush him back i mean i'm being very serious about it even if it sounds like i'm being flipped but i I think that maybe the best thing for him is to just sit out the season if that's when he'd come back in a serious way yes i i think what you said may be the the right thing but as you were reading it to me i was thinking about those um those outlets that were saying listen the Spider-Man Broadway play had a few, you know, hiccups. They closed for a little bit. They're reopening. Go see it. It's much better. And I was like, no. That's what my head kept telling me. No. Like, when you're telling me he's coming back, he's on track. And I'm like, I just don't believe it. I don't mean it won't happen. I just, right now, I just, based on how everything has gone for him, I can't buy into it. And I almost think, like what you said, it almost might be better if he just sits out the season and doesn't do anything as far as weight training in the off season. Like I think they, I think some players now um, do need to be monitored as far as what their off season training is going to be. Cause the flyers have had just too many injuries with what they're saying is just, you know, guys working out, you know, Faraby, yeah, Couturier again, non-contact, right. It's like, you know, so there has to be a way to shore this up a little better. Yeah. Uh, On the upside, Wade Allison is penciled in versus Columbus. Okay. And that's good to see. That's Uh, good for the lineup. Yeah. So hopefully we can get some offense going with him. You know, I've talked about it multiple times that there's just been games recently where like, ah, this game could use a Wade Allison. So um, I feel like that's a good thing. And hopefully he can stay healthy at this point. Fingers crossed at this point. There's just nothing else you could do. I think, you know, obviously the other big story is Kevin Hayes and the conflict with Tortorella. And they say there's no conflict, but there's There's sort of a conflict conflict there. You can't hide it. No. Uh, With, uh, you know, Kevin Hayes saying, I don't think I should have been benched, but he's the coach. I'm the player. Uh, Once you say it that way, there's a problem. Yeah. And, you know, Torts is trying to be cagey about it, too. And this is, you know, we've been talking about this for the last couple of days just because of the 
you know, benching in the Devils game and then completely scratched in the Rangers game. And so, you know, he'll be back against Columbus, but there's definitely some tension there. And I'm going to tell you, once you have a, a former player a year out from playing that should have been scratched a lot himself and Keith Yandel, who's best buddies with Kevin Hayes, you can't, you have to turn off when you were a player and you have to turn off the fact that this is your best friend because he comes out and says, well, what about coaches being scratched? And he sounds like an idiot saying that. Yes, it gets everybody to giggle for a Keith minute. Keith Yandel said that. Keith Yandel Just want to make that, that clear. Yes. But again, you know, it gets a, a giggle out of everybody for a minute. But in the end, you're supposed to be working for a media outlet and you're bringing your personal friendships into this. And now you're you're, you're seriously know uh, you're throwing a question out there that, you know, is an impossibility, but you just thrown it out there for your buddy. So he'll smile when he hears it. I mean, it's ridiculous. And John Tortorella is right in this. Kevin Hayes can say whatever he wants, do whatever he wants, but. He is going to get less playing time this season if he keeps playing this way. He has the contract, sure, and he might be untradeable. Now, we'll talk about the other thing in a minute. But in the end, Kevin Hayes is wrong here. Like, he's just, he's 100% in the wrong. It You know, again, it's like if you are in English class and your English teacher says, see me after class, and trust me, this has happened to me, and points out why you're getting a D on this, but you could get a C or a B if you do this and this, and they tell you how to fix it. And if you don't fix it, that's on you. It's always on you. Whether you agree with the coach or not, you're getting paid to play the way the coach wants you to play. He's the guy who's yeah. in charge of the team. You're not. And that's what he said, but it comes off with a different tone, right? Right. So uh, I think that this remains to be seen, like how this progresses. And, mm -hmm. you know, you alluded to a report from Elliot Friedman about a potential end of season buyout for Kevin Hayes, which I just find to be unrealistic at best, given the cap hit and the fact that if the cap doesn't go up more than a million next year and to have that kind of cap hit, I just don't see it happening. No, I mean, they would save $5 million next year, and then the savings is less over time. The The issue is, what are you going to do with that $5 million? Now, if you're telling me I could get you know two first-round picks for that $5 million in space, maybe I entertain it, but you can't. So what are you really going to get? If you're going to get another player, that player is not going to be as good as Kevin Hayes. So honestly, the buyout's not the answer. The answer is no. the coach and the player have to find some way of meeting in the middle here. And... I think, honestly, I think the player sees that he's doing well points-wise and knows that the players like him, but doesn't know the things or isn't aware enough of what he is not doing in games and just needs to get on it. And, you know, I know it's easy to, be, to say that, but that's the way it's going to be. I've watched John Tortorella's whole career. If you don't do it, you'll eventually be gone. Well, hopefully they can fix all of these issues moving forward. I mean, it is fixable. Yeah. Yeah. But we have a lot more to talk about getting ready for the matchup against Columbus and then getting into the Phantoms report. And we will do that after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports, and of course the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you could find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, we haven't even gotten to actually previewing tonight's matchup against Columbus because there's so much going on with the Flyers. Uh, But over in Columbus, they're having some continued injury woes as well. We talked about Jake Voracek, um, but we just recently uh, saw that Boone Jenner is out with a broken thumb. He's going to be out for about a month right now. Cole Sillinger is day-to-day, so I'm not sure if we're going to see him tonight and that just really severely limits what Columbus is able to put out there you know they have a a really solid top line but below that there's question marks across the board yeah no question I mean that top line is really good I mean line a get him on the power play Ken Johnson if you give him enough uh ice time he's gonna hurt you no question that top line is really good but honestly they the Flyers match up to them well with talent actually Mm -hmm. they're healthier than columbus is so to me it's a winnable game but the big question in this game this is the one that'll get answered because remember the flyers didn't go for johnny goudreau and torts was like yeah i'm kind of glad we didn't because we're not ready for that well right now the jackets are in the same situation that the flyers are in let's see if the jackets are ready for that if johnny goudreau has like a catrick kind of game or a big game and they get to win then it is going to make Flyers fans wonder if they should have gotten Johnny Goudreau because, again, his contract would run through for them being rebuilt and ready to contend. And that's the debate here, I think. Yeah, well, especially if you look at the two previous games against Columbus this season, Columbus won both of them. The the latter one was in overtime, very Mm -hmm. heartbreaking for the Flyers on that one. And it's very possible that we could end up with Columbus being, you know, the worst or second worst team in the league this season and sweep the Flyers. I mean, very, very possible, which which is, you know, depressing in, in some ways. But, you know, that just goes to show you why they play the games but um i think that goudreau is definitely this achilles heel for Mm -hmm. the flyers right now because of all of that surrounding it and you know i think that the flyers are going to have to find a way to score in this one and and columbus is having goaltender drama this year uh and merzlikens has struggled a little bit looks like we might get him um in the game against the Flyers, uh, depending on what happens in last night's game against Dallas, which we don't know the outcome, obviously, yet as we record this. But uh, Tarasov is playing in that one. So whether they'd give him a back-to-back will, probably I think, not. depend on how that game goes. Yeah, I would say probably not because of his age and experience. Mm-hmm. Here's the other debatable question, though. The other debatable question is, obviously, the Flyers knew more than us, that it was risky at best that Cam Atkinson would be playing hockey this year. So the question is, when they didn't go and get Johnny Goudreau, because all this cap space is going to be clear now for the Flyers, and who knows what they're going to do with it. Maybe they'll gain some picks out of it. But in the end, this year's salary would have been more than covered by guys on LTIR with Johnny Goudreau. And then you could always have cleared the JVR space for next year. He was going to be a free agent anyhow. 
it does make you wonder whether fitting him in was really going to be that bad after all. Yeah, I mean, there's a little 2020 hindsight going on there. But I think at the same time, you know, this is something that you could theoretically put in the column of Chuck Fletcher and his group not having a good plan B, right? Yes. Where, like, as they that, knew, it, they had to know the chance of Atkinson playing this year was not great. They had to have known that. You would think, but I think that we have seen a pattern with this group it, led by Chuck Fletcher that they're going to think on the positive side of that versus I the guess. negative side. Right. And and that's just something we've seen. We saw it with Couturier. We saw it with Ryan Ellis last year. I think that, you know, they just think that injuries are going to heal every time. Right. right. <laughs> and no, that that's just fair. doesn't always happen. No, that doesn't always happen in life. Yeah. So... You know, we'll see what happens with the Flyers tonight against Columbus. I certainly hope the Flyers can win this one. I think it's almost like a must win from a confidence building I think perspective. It it's weird yeah. that we would say that. I know people always get triggered when you say something like a must win, but there's not going to be a lot of must wins for the Flyers this year. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right to take their temperature. And from a mental standpoint, I do think it's a must win. Yeah, they just need to level things out a little bit and a, a win. I think would help temper some of this, you know, soap opera drama we've been yeah. talking about as well. And just like allow everybody to move on from it a little bit. Um, I, I do want to talk about a couple of guys on the phantoms and this is a good, you know, transition to our phantoms Tuesday conversation because Kiefer Bellows and Ollie Lixell were sent back down to the Phantoms and after playing on the Ra Rangers game on Saturday night, played for the Phantoms on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I would say they were exhausted <laughs> based on their performance. I don't think it was good to put them in that game. I mean, I know they had to, but man, if you look at both of their performances for the Phantoms in other games versus this one, um, I would say not great. <laughs> No, I think that's one where they're just gutting it out for the team. Like, I get yeah. it. And it's definitely not precluding anybody from getting called back up. It's just one right. of those things. Right. Well, they had kind of a mixed bag uh, weekend. They had an overtime win and an overtime loss versus Providence, a back-to-back, -back, uh, and then lost to Hershey 5-3 to three on that's Sunday. That's the one that stings. It does sting. And I will say, you know, with the Phantom schedule, they have not had a full three game in a row weekend like this since near the beginning of the season. It's always been split with a Wednesday, right. Friday, Saturday or something right. like that. And this is, and it showed like you could just see the third period of that game against Hershey, just things went downhill really quick and yeah. they could not get it together. It was um, close early. It was. And, in, and in fact, I would say that the phantoms dominated early in that game. Uh, pretty handily, but it just, they ran out of gas and it was very, very clear that that is what happened. So it is disappointing, but they are in fifth in the division right now, which is better. Um, they've gotten one spot, enough. One spot better. One spot better, which, you know, slow and steady, I guess. But uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, there's some definitely some really high points to to talk about with the Phantoms this week. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be ups and downs on a hockey season. I think development's a little better this year i'm not ready mm -hmm. to say it's a lot better yet but at least there's there's improvement and again they have a lot more talent this year the flyers have loaded up on veteran talent down there so that's another thing that sort of makes me say 
it's not right quite there yet with development, but it's, the, you know, they're on the right track. Right. And, and we saw that obviously continuing with Artem and Isimov, right? Three goals yeah. for the weekend. We know he's like kind of too good to be there right now yeah. and, and what that contract situation is. Um, as of recording, no update if he's going to get that NHL contract now versus later or not at all. And somebody else is going to poach him. But uh, yeah, I think now there are two contracts down. They'll be at 48. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, the possibilities still definitely there for him. And, you know, as long as he's playing with the Phantoms, he's doing a real good thing. And he is providing that mentor relationship to a lot of the young guys. And they call him grandpa, apparently, which I think is hilarious because uh, I think he's younger than me. But at any rate, <laughs> no, but, you know, so an interesting one more interesting thing. I know we talked about it a lot the other day, but th but this just sort of came in my head. Uh, let's say he stays down in the AHL, does what they wanted him to do with the players, has this great year, but says, hey, thanks, but I still want to play in the NHL. I'm going somewhere else. Whereas this year, they have the contract space. They could bring him up. And if he has a great year, why wouldn't you re-sign him? Like, he, he's the kind of player, like, they have a talent deficit that's going to go on for a couple of years. He's the perfect mm -hmm. kind of plug. But you kind of wonder... Is he going to want to stay with the organization if he never gets a shot just because they, they right. have other plans for him? That's the question, I guess, I have. Yeah, well, we have a bunch of other guys to talk about, and we will do that coming up next. Russ, uh, I want to bring up Adam Yinning because mm -hmm. I think that he's a, a guy that was going to take some time to transition to the North American game. And I feel like he's been a lot more noticeable as mm -hmm. of late on the phantoms and he is really i think you know coming into his own right now he had an amazing play on friday where he basically knocked two guys down on providence that sprung garrett wilson um for a shot on goal which led to the Kiefer Bellows opening goal in that game like he started that sequence and you could see like you know he is a defensive defenseman but his kind of play is leading to offensive opportunities now. Like he's been able to be the guy that instigates plays. And then he's, you know, scoring a goal. He scored the game tying goal on Friday. It was his first career goal in North America. He had an assist on the teddy bear toss goal on Saturday. Um, and I, I think that he is, you know, really becoming a key element on this Phantoms team. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, don't look for him to score a lot of goals, but he is a good no. defensive <laughs> defenseman with some snarl and, and good skating ability. And, uh, you know, we we talked about him on the show before he played. Like, he was probably the least known Flyers prospect out there. And there were people, like, already saying on Twitter, like, are we ever going to see him? That kind of thing. And, well, now you're seeing him. And now you're seeing why they drafted him in the second round. And now you're seeing why they let him develop over there. This is a really good story. He could be up next year. Maybe he, you know, plays third pairing next year, and maybe you have somebody you could plug in there who, you know, can do a little bit more than some of the guys they have there now. I mean, this this is a positive development where, again, the only thing that is in the back of my head, and I'm always going to say it when, when I feel it, is, is he going to be used the same way in the minors as the Flyers? And this is where, yeah. like, you know, we talk about other organizations matching how the play is. And I forget who the last one was that I heard about. Maybe it was Tampa or whatever brought up players. And they're like instantly plugged in because they run the exact same system. And John Tortorella said, he, you know, that LaPerrier didn't have to do that. 
it does make me kind of wonder, you know, what's going to happen when you have some of these talented players and they're used to one thing. So, you know, we'll see down the road, but I'm very happy for him because, uh, you know, I had been keeping track of him. I'd spoken to Shell Samuelson about him and always got good reports. That's really good to hear about uh, what you're hearing from Shell Samuelson. Uh, always trust his opinion on defensemen yes. for oh, the yeah. Flyers. He knows his stuff. He does. And, you know, I think other than that, I, I, there's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride with some of these guys. I think, you know, with the moving up and down, some guys handle it better than others. I think Kiefer Bellows is actually rolling with it really well. Mm-hmm. I think he understands he just got to do what he has to do. Um, you know, he had that goal that I mentioned on Friday and um, an assist on the game winning goal in overtime that day. And I think he, you know, he played well on Sunday relatively. Um, I think he did better than Ollie Lixel did with the bounce back to the Phantoms uh, overall. But I think he's just kind of rolling with it and waiting for his opportunity and just playing his game. Yeah. I mean, based on what he is doing in the AHL, knowing that it's turbulent up in the NHL. I'm going to try and sign him for next year. I am. He's going to be one of the first guys I turn to and say, hey, listen, I know this year wasn't perfect. Maybe he's not even going to catch on with the team this year. But I would like to see him in camp next year. You know, if nothing else, coming off a really good AHL year, he's got a different organization. Maybe, you know, things turn out differently for him. Maybe he's a guy that's just, you know, going to develop a little bit later. I'd like to see because there's some still some tools there that are worth looking at. And, uh, you know, as far as the other prominent prospects go. I think Elliot Denoyer is continuing on his strong path. He scored a shorthanded goal on Friday, which was actually his second shorthanded goal of the season. He had a goal and two assists in that back-to-back against Providence. Uh, He's the first Phantom to hit 10 goals this season. And he's just, you know, doing what he can and keeping that scoring touch going. Um, His usage is changing from game to game and, you know, what line he's on. And I think he's doing a real good job kind of, you know, doing his best in the chances he's been given. No, listen, I like the fact that uh, they have somebody who could score on the penalty kill. That's become a big thing in the NHL now because teams are starting to use that as scoring opportunities. Uh, You know, do it in the AHL too. I don't know if Elliot Denoyer is going to get to play the PK when he's with the Flyers someday. Right. But but right now, to get him in situations where they're goal-scoring situations, absolutely. You know, this guy's capable of scoring 30 goals in, in the AHL some year. Yeah. Uh, Just a quick uh, Tyson Forster report. He still leads the team in points right now. He had an assist on Friday and five shots on goal in that game. And then the rest of the weekend, five shots on goal total and didn't get on the scoreboard. But I think his play is still there. He just like wasn't getting the right chances on Mm -hmm. on, on a lot of this. But I don't think it's anything to worry about for one weekend. No, I just want to see a little bit more of a boost. He's mm-hmm. made, you know, a good step forward here. I need to see another step. And that's yeah. fine. Like you said, you can't go weekend to weekend. Exactly. Uh, upcoming games, uh, Wednesday against Hershey, Friday against Springfield, and then we have the holiday break. Our fun thing is that teddy bear toss goal that was scored by Cooper Marity. And I love the teddy bear toss. 
um, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things they do in the AHL. Sometimes I That's wish great. they would do it in the NHL. I mean, I don't uh, see why not. Too. It's 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 for a good cause and it's good yeah. fan interaction. I think it's great. Uh, again, I would I would like Cooper Marodi to get a chance with the big club because I think John Tortorella would like him. He's a very I think smart so too. player. Yeah. Yeah, his uh, he's been a little off since you know he came back and had like a really great first couple of games, and then yeah, his scoring yeah. hasn't quite been there. So it was good to see him get this one in particular. But, but he could do other things too, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like a, a smart player who will never hurt you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, you know if he can balance out his game just a little bit more, uh, he yeah. would get a, a look. For you sure. know, and a but, note about Lixell, you know, the other night he had a really good first period. He just didn't. I think he um, just couldn't keep up the uh, intensity after that. But I felt like he had a really good first period. So I don't think it was a waste having him up there. I think he did prove a little bit. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he is a guy that can play at the NHL level. So I I just hope that he gets some consistent opportunities and then makes the best of it as he plays with the Phantoms. All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to break down the game against Columbus and answer your mailbag questions. So any of the myriad ways to get in touch with us, please send us your flyers or hockey or holiday questions that you got. We're, we'll be here to answer them. Uh, you can takes, tweet- holiday food takes. Sure. Holiday food takes, absolutely. Uh, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. Uh, send us a message on Instagram at that same handle. Email us, LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.